following program is sponsored by the National Prayer Chapel.
Jesus told them, The secret of the kingdom of God has been given to you. What is that secret? The kingdom of God. Mark, the fourth chapter. Mark, the fourth chapter. Jesus begins to teach by the lake. And he is teaching the secret of the kingdom of God. He teaches them about the sower who went out to sow. He teaches them about the different kinds of soil. The men and women, the boys and girls who listened, had a different response from one type of soil to another. There was the seed sown on the rocky place. They heard the word and they received it with joy. But since they had no root, they lasted only a short time. And when trouble or persecution came because of the word, they fell away. Perhaps their boss wouldn't let them off for worship. Perhaps they were scorned by family. Whatever it was, they didn't last. There was also the seed sown among the thorns. And Jesus identified these thorns as the responsibilities of life, the deceitfulness of wealth, and the desire for other things. These three thorns rise up and choke out the word so that it's not productive in the person's life. Then there is the final soil. They hear the word. They accept the word in their heart. By perseverance, they produce a crop 30, 60, or even a 100 times what was sown. Jesus is teaching this. And then he says that you don't put a lamp under a bowl. You don't put a lamp under a bushel. Instead, you put it up on a candlestick. So the light shines. This is what he's just taught. He wants that put up on a on a candlestick so that it shines, so that people can understand the secret of the kingdom of God. Well, what is the secret of the kingdom of God? The secret is organic. It is that God's word comes to you, and how you respond to that word will determine your eternal destiny. And he says, consider carefully what you hear. Consider carefully. Then he speaks about the kingdom of God, what it's like. And when finally his teaching day came to a conclusion, he said to his disciples, this is Mark 4, verse 35, let us go over to the other side of the lake. Now this is strange because the other side of the lake was not Jewish. Persians lived there. Pagans lived there. He said, let's go over to the other side. So leaving the crowds behind, a few people had their own boats and they began to follow Jesus and the disciples as they began to row their way across that lake. But the scriptures tell us that in the midst of this voyage across to the other side. And it's a long way across. 
as they crossed over the Sea of Galilee. A storm, a furious squall, came down upon them. The waves began to break over the boat. They were beginning to be swamped. These were fishermen. They knew the lake. And they knew that they could die out there. Well, Jesus was sleeping in the bow of the boat or the stern. I'm not sure by definition where he was. He may, some have said, even been sleeping in a hammock. This was a small boat. But Jesus was sound asleep. They came to him where he was sleeping, and they woke him. Now, he was exhausted, or he would not have been asleep. But they woke him, and they said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drowned? Now, I shared with you the context. All day Jesus has been teaching. Now suddenly, when the crisis comes, the response of the disciples is, Don't you care if we drowned? What kind of soil is that in their hearts? He stood up in that rocking boat, and he rebuked the wind and the waves. He said, Quiet, be still. The wind died. It was completely calm. And now the disciples are terrified, not of the storm. They're terrified of Jesus. They're terrified of Jesus because they said, Who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. Looked like a man. He acted like a man, a holy man. But he had these incredible powers with God to heal the sick, to raise the dead. And now he speaks to the elements, wind and the waves, and they obey him. And they're saying, who is this? Wanted to show them he was. Jesus asked them the question, Why are you still afraid? Have you no faith? You see, the seed that is sown into the good soil requires faith. Blow away because your heart is shallow. That's what Jesus has been teaching all day. It is so important for you and for me to hear the teachings of Jesus and then face the reality of our life and put those teachings into practice. And that's what Jesus is showing them. Now, they went across the lake and probably in the early hours of the morning, 
They came to the Gadareans. And again, the Gadareans are probably Persians. Jesus got out of the boat and he began to walk. And a man with an evil spirit or an unclean spirit, a demon spirit, came from the tombs to meet him. This man lived in the tombs. No one could bind him anymore, not even with a chain. For he had often been chained hand and foot, but he tore the chains apart and he broke the irons on his feet. No one was strong enough to subdue him. I read this description and it fits so accurately. The spirit of man who walks in disobedience against the Lord. You're listening to Pilgrim's Progress. I'm glad you joined today's broadcast. I want to give you the wonderful news of the Lord that he carried us through last month and money is now in place. Thank you to the many of you who gave. Thank you. We will send a check out immediately. Deposited the money today, and as soon as it clears, we'll send a check out to Weva to completely cover the month of January. It was hard, four days of offertory. I've never done four days before, but I praise God it's covered. Some of you haven't yet turned your pledge in. I know it will be coming. Thank you. God bless you. Now, coming back to our story. They've just been through an incredible experience of Jesus commanding the storm to be still. Listen to his teaching about the different kinds of soil. They get that. Now they're having to ask themselves, what kind of soil am I? And now they're faced with the reality of the Sea of Galilee, and they recognize the terror that rose up in their heart. Jesus has kindly rebuked them and said, Do you still have no faith? In other words, when the the trouble comes, are you going to blow away? Are you going to stand? And now they've crossed over. He gets out of the boat at the Gadareans. There's a, a cemetery close by. And out of that cemetery, out from among the tombs, comes a man. He cannot be bound, not even with a chain. No one was strong enough to subdue this man. Night and day among the tombs and in the hills, he would cry out and cut himself with stones. When he saw Jesus from a distance, he ran and fell at his at his, on his knees. He shouted at the top of his voice, What do you want with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? Swear to God, you won't torture me. Strange words. You mean torture me? Look at how this man is living. He's living in the tombs. He's bare naked, according to Luke. 
He's living in the tombs, naked. He's cutting himself with stones. He's crying out day and night. Doesn't that sound like he's being tortured? He's possessed of a demon. Doesn't that sound like torture? And Jesus is ordering this demon to come out of him. As I read this, it brings to mind many people that I've spoken to who when I have asked them, have you given everything in your life to Jesus? They've answered no. Why? I'm afraid of what he'll do. I'm afraid he'll torture me. I would be miserable, they say, if I gave everything to Jesus. I wouldn't own anything. Oh, you'd be free. Nobody could bind you. Nobody nobody could tie you up. You can break everything that comes against you. But you cry out in your heart. And you're tortured in your heart. This issue is so real. I want to read it to you. In the book of James, the fourth chapter, he's speaking to people in his church, in the New Testament church. He's speaking to people who have not totally given themselves over to the Lord Jesus. He says, you adulterous people, don't you know that friendship with the world is hatred toward God? This man in the tomb hated God. Many of you hate God. A hatred in your spirit toward God. Because you're afraid of what he will ask of you. Afraid of what he will do with you. You adulterous people, meaning you have compromised yourself. I'm praying that as I speak this message to you today, you will let the Holy Spirit of God come and break off of you everything of the world, the flesh, and the devil. That you will not be like this man, tortured, afraid to be bound, afraid to be submitted to anyone or anything. He is Mr. Independent. You adulterous people, don't you know that friendship with the world is hatred of God? Anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. Or do you think that Scripture says without reason that the spirit he caused to live in us envies intensely, but he gives us more grace? That's why Scripture says God opposes the proud gives grace to the humble. Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil, 
he will flee from you. Come near to God. He will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Grieve, mourn, wail. Change your laughter to mourning and your joy to gloom, and humble yourselves before the Lord, and he will lift you up. So Jesus is offering this man who comes out of the tombs. He's offering him freedom. But the freedom is the freedom to belong to Jesus Christ. It is not the freedom to live the wonderful, successful life in this world. That's not what's being offered. He's offering to make the soil of this man's life good soil that he can produce a godly life. Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil. And he will flee from you. Now there's another passage of scripture I want to show you. John, the second chapter. John. The first epistle of John. The second chapter. I'll begin reading with verse 15. If you... If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. So he's saying, look, do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him for everything in the world. The cravings of sinful man. The lust of his eyes. The lust of his eyes. This is the stuff of the world. Have to have that new car. I have to have that new house. I have to have those clothes. I have to have the lust of his eyes. Whatever he sees, the the heart begins to reach out to. The lust of his eyes. The cravings of a sinful man. Primarily the sexual cravings. The unclean cravings. If ever there was a time where the unclean cravings have taken over the world, It is today. Can take his cell phone, go in his car, and every unclean image he can bring before his eyes. A young woman can take that cell phone in the privacy of her own home, look at every unclean video. The cravings of a sinful man. The lust of his eyes. The boasting of what he has and does. The pride. He says, this does not come from the Father, but from the world. The world and its desires pass away. But the man who does the will of God lives forever. It says, 
amazing, amazing truth. If you have enmity or hatred in your heart toward God, and you want to keep your independence, you want to keep your separation from God, will be like the man living in the tombs. Will not be a joyous time. He's saying everything of this world is going to pass away. It's going to last but a short time. 1 John 3. Begin with verse 7. Children, do not let anyone lead you astray. Does what is right is righteous. I want you to notice, it is not he who is covered by the imputed righteousness of Jesus that is righteous. It is he who does what is right. Does what is sinful is of the devil. Because the devil's been sinning from the beginning. You see some frightening. You cannot serve God and walk in sin. You cannot serve God and be casual about the kingdom of heaven. What happens when we finally face death? And in that moment, heart is still given to the world, to the flesh, to the devil. We we talk religious talk and we pray. And I was at the bedside of a man who was dying. And I said, could I read some scriptures to you? And his answer was, no. I've read the scriptures. I'm not interested. He's right at death's door. And he doesn't want to hear the scriptures of God. He said, I don't want to go to heaven unless this and this and this will be in heaven with me. And he listed the things of the world that he most enjoyed. And I said to him, those things will not be in heaven. Well, then I don't want to go. Amazing. The hardness of man's heart. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the devil's work. No one who is born of God will continue to sin. Because God's seed remains in him, he cannot go on sinning because he has been born of God. If you're still walking in darkness, you've not been born of God. This is 1 John 3, verse 10. This is how we 
know who the children of God are and who the children of the devil are. Anyone who does not do what is right is not a child of God, nor is anyone who does not love his brother. It's so simple. The measure, the standard of salvation is not grace. Grace is what teaches us to say no to unrighteousness. God's grace is the mercy and the love and the compassion he shows to us. According to the gospel and according to the epistle of John, the man who walks righteous before God, that is the man who will enter heaven. Anyone who does not do what is right is not a child of God. That's the NIV Bible. I'm not. That's not Ray Greenlee. That's what the scriptures say. We need to begin to take very seriously what the scriptures actually say. Anyone who does not do what is right is not a child of God. When we come back to this story in Mark, this man he's cast off every authority he's broken all of the chains but he's still in chains he's still in the tomb he's still in the place of death and in that place of death in in his inner heart he is utterly miserable and so he cuts himself He sees the blood run. And somehow the cutting of himself eases the pain of his heart. This miserable condition, he runs. And he falls on his feet before Jesus. He knows he needs a Savior. Now, I don't understand the interaction that was taking place. I don't know what part of it was this man's will versus the demon spirit that controlled him, the addiction of his heart. But one thing is very clear. He comes running out of that cemetery, and he says, Swear to God that you won't torture me. The greatest fear I find on the part of men and women today is that they're afraid they will be miserable if they give themselves utterly, totally, and completely with full abandon to Jesus Christ. Swear to God you won't torture me. And Jesus is saying to this spirit, come out of this man, you evil spirit, you unclean spirit. And Jesus asks him, Now he's speaking directly to the demon in the man. What is your name? 
My name is Legion, he replied, for we are many. And he begged Jesus again and again not to send them out of the area. So the demons in this man are now trying to negotiate with Jesus, maintain somehow their position in the land. Remember, it's a pagan land. And there's a large herd of pigs feeding on the nearby hillside. The demons beg Jesus, send us among the pigs. Allow us to go into them. Only an unclean thing would ever want to go indwell a pig. There were about 2,000 pigs in that herd. And as soon as the demons entered them, they plunged down the bank into the lake and they were drowned. Now please, understand that these things are happening immediately after Jesus has told them this is the secret of the kingdom of God. As soon as he begins to describe what the soils are like, we come to the demon-possessed man has already grown in his soil utter wickedness. As you listen to this broadcast today, you know that you have grown utter wickedness in the soil of your life. Jesus comes and he does not condemn you. Instead, he speaks that word of love and kindness and mercy. Out of this man, you evil spirit. Lord, I'm asking the person listening to this broadcast who's under the influence of any addiction, any demonic presence, any despair, any hopelessness, Lord, I'm asking that any demonic influence on any person listening today, I'm asking that this spirit would be utterly cast out of them and away from them, and that they would be free now with the soil of their heart to have your word planted deeply in it, to begin to produce that which will bring glory to your name. Lord, thank you. In the name of Jesus, let it be done now. Any disobedience, Lord, any selfishness, any self-dependence, Lord, let it be cast away now in the name of Jesus. Lord, we desire to, to please you, walk holy before you, to be filled with your glorious presence. Be made whole. As the pigs run down the side of the mountain and into the sea, the people took care of the pigs, went and told the townspeople. And they come to see what's happened. Now notice, verse 15, when they came to Jesus, they saw the man who had been possessed by the legion of demons sitting there, dressed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. They were afraid. 
and the people began to plead with Jesus to leave their region. They're afraid. They have no faith in Jesus. And they see that there is a very sharp line between their pigs and this man of righteousness who stands before them. And this man who has now been transformed into the likeness of Jesus, sitting in his right mind, dressed the glory of God upon him. Jesus turns, and he gets back into the boat. And the man who had been demon-possessed, this man comes and begs Jesus, take him with him. He wants to go and be with Jesus. Verse 19, this is Mark 5, 19. Jesus did not let him, but said, Go home to your family and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy upon you. The man went away and began to tell in the ten cities. There are ten pagan cities, how much Jesus had done for him. Everyone who hears is utterly amazed, and the day will come, and many of them will put their faith in Jesus Christ. People were amazed. There's another passage of Scripture we need to look at as we close this broadcast today. And that's found in the book of of Romans. The eighth chapter of the book of Romans is what I consider to be the normal Christian life. I want you to hear in the spirit, what is being said. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Because through Christ Jesus, the law of the spirit of life set me free from the law of sin and death. This man, this demoniac, this unclean man who was afraid Jesus would come and torture him was under the law of sin and death. But after Jesus cast the darkness out of his life by a supreme act, by a a holy act, by a divine act, There is no longer any condemnation for this man because the law of the Spirit of life set him free. What kind of soil are you? What have you planted in your heart? If you have planted in your life a lust for the things of darkness, if you've planted in your heart 
things that are now producing misery, darkness, destruction. If there is in your heart a huge hole, you are unsatisfied, dissatisfied. You are alone. You want something new in your heart. Then let Jesus Christ set you free by the law of the Spirit of life. For what the law was powerless to do in that it was weakened by the sinful nature, God did by sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful man to be a sin offering. And so he condemned sin in sinful men in order that the righteous requirements of the law might be fully met in us who do not live according to the sinful nature, but according to the Spirit. Those who live according to the sinful nature have their minds set on what that nature desires. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. The mind of sinful man is death, but the mind controlled by the Spirit is life and peace. The sinful mind is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those controlled by the sinful nature cannot please God. Please understand today. You are walking in sin. You are an enemy of God. It doesn't matter how religious you are. If you are walking in rebellion against the Almighty God, you hate God. If you're walking in known sin, you are controlled by the sinful nature. And the only way you can be set free is the same way this demoniac was set free. You run to Jesus. You bow before him. You confess your sin. You renounce it. You make restitution as you're able. And you let Jesus give you new soil. Good soil that will produce a crop of righteousness, life. Not soil that will produce thorns and thistles. Now please, it is vital that you understand that your life is made up of choices. And as you choose to submit to Jesus Christ, the scriptures, you pray, confess your sin. You ask him to transform you into his likeness. Took that man out of the tombs and sat him down with the disciples. Dressed him in clothes gave him a new mind and a new heart, so much so that he wanted to go and be a disciple of Jesus. And Jesus said, no, go back home and tell everybody what I've done for you. Jesus loves you. 
loved that man coming out of that tomb. He loved that man coming with all of his sin. And he cast it out in the name, above all names, the name of Jesus. He ordered that spirit of darkness out of that man. So it requires us looking very carefully today at what choices we're making. Are you living under the law of sin and death? Are you living under the law of the spirit of life that has set you free? Are you rejoicing today in what Jesus has done for you? I ask a group of people, you all share with me, what has Jesus done for you? And they all got a very sober look on their face, Christians. And almost no one could say anything. How is that possible? Because they have been beaten down and beaten down. And they have not stood up in the power of the Spirit and declared, I serve Jesus. So the soil of their life produces fear, anxiety. And then they go to those favorite entertainments to salve their heart. And the chains and the bondage become tighter and tighter until finally they're bitter of heart. They cannot forgive. They're bound in their chains. Today, you've heard of a new gospel, the gospel of Jesus Christ, where you can be delivered from your chains, where you can set free, where you can be set free of the torture and the agony of your heart. You say to me, Pastor, I'm afraid of what Jesus will ask of me. You're still a tomb dweller. You're still living in the darkness. You may go to church in the tomb, but you're still a tomb dweller. I don't choose to live in the tombs for one hour. Walk free in Jesus Christ. I am covered by his blood. I've been transformed into a different man, a new man. Is that your experience? Is that your experience? What is your mind set upon? What is it that you think about, that you desire? I love this story of this demon-possessed man. because he came running out of that tomb. And I'm sure the demons tried to cause him to hold back and not run to Jesus. I love the picture of a man or of a woman running to Jesus and falling on their faces before him because he is kind, he is grace, he is filled with grace and mercy. He doesn't condemn. 
He lifts up and he sets free. Devil's constant affirmation is that Jesus will make you miserable. That you'll never be happy serving Jesus. Jesus, Son of the Most High God, swear to God that you won't torture me. Oh, what a wicked accusation of the devil. The Lord has no desire to torture you. He wants to say, You've been listening to Pilgrim's Progress today. This message, I hope it struck your heart. I don't want any enmity or hatred toward God in my heart. And if I'm living in sin, there is hatred in my heart toward God. He came to set you free, to forgive your sins and to make you into a new person. Will you let him do that for you? Lord Jesus, I pray today for every person listening to this broadcast. I pray, Lord, that the powers of darkness will be broken in every heart listening. That all wickedness will be put aside and put away by the power of your blood. That they would know beyond doubt that you do not desire to torture them, but to heal them and restore them, to clothe them. Thank you, Lord. I pray in your holy name. Amen. Now I'd love to hear from you. You can write to me at the National Prayer Chapel, Post Office Box 2346, Woodbridge, Virginia, 22195. I also want to invite you to the Spirit of God leads you. You need to be a part of a small group of people in a house church where we're encouraging one another in this walk, where we are praying for one another, where we are reading the Scripture and singing songs of praise. I'd like to invite you to come. To get directions, Call this number. Jot it down. 703-489-1785. If I don't answer, it's because I'm on another line or with someone else. I'll call you back. Call 703-489-1785. This is the National Prayer Chapel. We are learning how to pray and wait upon the Holy Spirit. I know beyond any question that we need the power of the Holy Spirit. We need the power of the Holy Spirit. Do His work in our hearts to break by the blood of Jesus the chains of darkness 
that have come upon us. Would you like to come? I'm not going to try to convince you it's the work of the Spirit that He has to do. He has to call you. But if you want to be with the people who pray, want to be with the people who are serious about this walk with Jesus, we don't do church. We are church. Call me. 703 1785 This has been Pilgrim's Progress Ray Greenley Thank you for listening today and thank you for your amazing support of this broadcast I'll talk to you soon With great joy With great joy To him who is able to keep you from falling and to present you blameless before the presence of his glory with great joy, with great Jesus Christ.